Welcome to the B Signal Podcast. This is the Snyder Cut Justice League version. And to say that I'm, that I like the movie is the understatement of the year. I got to put context into this. I'm going to take you back to November 2017. I'm in Vegas uh, with friends and, you know, Justice League, Wheaton Cut is coming out and I'm like, I'm going to go see this movie because it is going to be the best thing ever. I finally get to see a realization of a dream. I go to the movie theater in Vegas, which is very, very expensive, but that's another story for another day. And get my popcorn, get my soda, sit down. The theater wasn't full, but it was a matinee. So, you know, I didn't think too much about it. I'm looking at all the art. I'm like, oh God, I can't wait. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. And the movie starts. Um, there were things that were concerning. Henry, uh, Superman's face is, you know, like this, and it's doing that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's this long song at the beginning. And I, I don't know what, what's happening, but it's Justice League. I'm excited to see characters that I've been a fan of since I was a you know, kid. Uh, watching Super Friends. That that's how much that's how connected I am to this world. And you know, I'm watching a movie, and I'm not. I'm excited, and I'm telling myself I like it, but it's it's not the Justice League that I wanted. You know. Um, and then movie comes out. Whatever happens, happens. All these rumors about the Snyder Cut. It's Whedon's fault. It's the studio's fault. Blah 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 blah. So we get into this whole restore the Snyder Cut. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think the Snyder Cut was going to happen. Lo and behold, last year we get the announcement that it's happening. Then last week, I sit in front of my TV and I see four hours of epic, just beautiful filmmaking. To say that this movie is better than the last one. It's, it's just to say that Thriller it, it is just better than the last Michael Jackson <laughs> or the first Michael Jackson album. It, it's, it's on another level for me. You have to understand this. I love the Snyder Cut. Um, I not only love it for the characters, Batman, you see, you see that guy? Like, Batman, like, Clearly, I'm a DC fan, but um, Zack Snyder, I, I became a friend of his after Watchmen. The scope of how he creates films, you know it's going to be larger than life, but then you know it's going to have a lot of energy. It's going to be raw. It's going to be, um, it's going to have heart to it, you know, and you, it's not very often that you get that from from a filmmaker who makes these big tempo films or what have you. And 300, Sucker Punch, um, there is just a whole list of things that he's done that I've appreciated. I love Man of Steel. 
I love Batman v Superman, the director's cut. Um, so <laughs> I I I love Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Period. There's nothing that I can't say. I mean, it's not a perfect film, but what film is? So this episode is dedicated to the Snyder Cut, and I wanted to give it some shine. Um, I'm bringing on my friends Aaron and Cass to talk about it, and uh, we're going to talk about what we loved about it, what we didn't like so much about it, and then moving forward, um, how we feel like it should go. So um, let's get it started. And welcome to the B Signal Podcast. I am so excited, as I am every time I do the show, but this is very special. This is our Justice League Snyder Cut episode. Um, as I said in my intro, love the film, love the film, and love the film. Um, but I didn't want to just talk to myself about it, so I brought some friends with me. Um, I'm going to start with Mr. Aaron Allsbrooks. Um, he has found it in his very busy, busy, busy schedule to come and make time to talk to me about film. You know, Aaron's the man. And uh, thank you for coming to the B-Signal podcast, Aaron. No problem, Brian. Thanks for having me on. No problem. <laughs> um, and then last but certainly not least, he was the uh, one of the earlier guests on season one. Um, and he was the first guest to officially use profanity on the podcast and made me draw my... Um, my, my mature rating that I sometimes get doing this stuff. Um, but I love him and he really is a brother. Um, Cass, how hey. are you, sir? How you yeah. doing? I just had to do my makeup real quick. You know, I had to get a makeup brush real quick. It's not bad. Can I borrow one? <laughs> <laughs> they can't see this, so they, they, won't, they don't know why it's funny, but <laughs> you get no. it. They, there. You might as well just tell the joke now. You oh, very, wow. the high top, and you look like a makeup brush. That there it is, right there. There it is, right there. I and feel that was really the first one to curse, and then I'll stop talking. Was that really? You were the first one to curse on my show. <sighs> well, you know, it's an honor. And, but when it happened, I was just like, "Well, you know what? Let it go, and we'll, <laughs> we'll just." I I need to get used to it if I'm going to have a variety of guests on here. So, um, thank you. For, You're welcome. Anytime. For Anytime. breaking the monotony of the show. You know, that's what I'm here to do, you know? Listen, um, the Snyder Cut has happened. It's here. Um, I've already shared my sentiments in the opening. So um, clearly, I love it. I have my, my Dark Side shirt right here that I got from Foot Action. Um, very, very happy about that. I have another one too, but I'm gonna say that for another uh, show that I'm very excited about to be, that I'm a part of. But anyway, uh, I wanna hear you guys' thoughts because I've talked to you both extensively about the Snyder Cut and what our hopes and expectations and dreams were and or are. And uh, yeah, I just, I wanna hear your thoughts about it. Um, so Cass, I'll start with you. All right, um, I loved it. Um, it's even though it was so long, I feel like I was one of the few people, at least in my circle, that just sat and watched it through and didn't have to break it up into parts and anything. Um, one thing that I did realize in the film that Ray Fisher should go fight Josh because he basically <laughs> cut out all his scenes that made him a character and was developed. So I, it, it was honestly 
crazy watching it because you're watching it and then you realize why did they cut these scenes out? So like as a as you're trying to be entertained by the movie, I'm also thinking, what was the, like who made that decision to cut this scene to say no, we need to go in a different way? Like who was just in these rooms? Like just I, it was just that part was just crazy to me. It should be noted um, that Warner Brothers did do a third party investigation and it was, um, and I'm not making this up, it is official that the scenes that were cut was not racially motivated. So I just want to put that out there. I am not making that up. Yeah, third party, sure, sure. I understand your pain, Ray. Um, but I thought the ending, the epilogue to me was my favorite part. Okay. That to me made the whole movie. And that's the part that I constantly watch over because the Justice League movie itself is cool, but I think the nightmare scenes in the epilogue is what really made it is because it what really made it stand out because unlike most superhero movies, it was actually going to, it actually showed you, no, there's real timelines where the villain wins and it's not, it's it's not like Thanos just snapping half the world. No, the world's going to die. So it just, I just thought it was interesting. And that's my favorite part. And the Joker and Batman, they just, I could listen to them talk all day about, Holly Quinn being dead versus Robin being dead. What's worse? That's eh, great. Ooh. I felt like in that moment, it was like, who can bust whose balls worse? Like, yeah. and I thought it was Joker because Batman got riled up. And then when he played that Harley Quinn card, I was like, that is, that is not how we play this game. You're, <laughs> supposed, you're supposed to brood. But, um... and the best part about that, um, Zach said he shot that scene four times. And yeah. they had four different versions of it. And he said that he picked that version because Jared Leto just was improvised and was just like, just stood there, started shaking. And Zach was like, oh, that stands out because whenever you've seen the, J the Joker frozen, just frozen still, like, you got me. So that really stood out to me. And I just thought the way they played off each other because both were telling the truth and what they were saying is just Joker's telling more truth, if you ask me. But, you know. um, one more question for you, then I'm going to go to um, Aaron. Do you think that um, as far as the difference between the Wheaton cut and the Snyder cut, seeing the film now, do you still have any favorite parts from the Wheaton cut or is, is does this totally erase that version for you? It erased everything except for Superman when he said, do you bleed? I don't know why. I'm one of the few people that like that line from the Whedon cut when he's like choking Batman. It's just because I do understand that when Superman died, they were being friends. But if you just bring me back to life, I don't really know how to read my thoughts. And then that first person I see is the last person, I one of the last people I remember fighting. So I just thought that was cool in the way he did it, like, do you bleed? So I just, don't mind me. I always root for the bad guy, so. But. Okay, that's cool. Um, Aaron. So, um, I would say um, the good parts, um, kind of piggybacking off what Kat said earlier, um, a lot of the main characters were given more of a story to Cyborg, to Flash, to where you see kind of like what makes them heroes, in a sense, to what um, led them to prior to them being a part of Justice League. I really like that. I like the fact that we saw Darkseid more in this version of it, especially in the first war when you saw him fight the old gods and you saw him fight the Atlanteans and the um, Amazons. 
that was really cool and um that was um very interesting so i say um that was pretty much my favorite parts of the movie the parts that i didn't and this, this is kind of me nitpicking but the nightmare scene i kind of was hoping for a little bit more but i'm not mad about it but i that was my only thing is that i kind of wanted to see them going a little bit more because of course from Batman v Superman, we saw the nightmare scene to where it's literally the end, looking like the end, looking like Darkseid has won and taken over the world. And I kind of wanted to see them explore a little bit more of that, but I'm not mad about it. So I think for me, I can forgive that because for it to be a four hour film, I think Snyder gave us more than enough to marinate on. Mm -hmm. I also feel like, um, without being too negative towards the studio, had things had played out the way that it was supposed to, we would have gotten more time in the nightmare um, scenes and just more time, I think, in general with where the story was evolving to. Um, so part of me went into this just knowing that whatever it's gonna be, it is just going to be. But after watching it, I'm not gonna lie, I wanted more. Um, I wanted so much more. Just seeing Darkseid with his laser beams in Atlantis, um, <laughs> that to me was crazy. Um, seeing Darkseid killing Lois, um, that, that was bananas to me. Um, I also thought it was very, very interesting that Wonder Woman in this version, I, I felt like she was more of a killer in this one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Which is okay with me. I didn't like in the Whedon cut how um, every time Steve's name was mentioned, that just was like her kryptonite. Um, I, I I love the Amazons. And why are you laughing, Aaron? I'm just thinking about Batman when um, Superman said Martha and Batman v Superman. That just brought it. That just came back to my mind. <laughs> you say that name? Yeah, why would you say that name? I was just I was just watching um, um, how it should end. And they, that's the running joke throughout those. Um, it's on YouTube. And every time that he says Martha, the guy who plays Batman goes into, why would you say that name? Oh, you know, and it's just a very big comedic moment. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Amazons. That, that was another favorite yeah. moment for me. And it made that scene resonate more. Like she literally let a good chunk of her her, her crew died just to protect this cube, you know? And um, that that was just taken away from the Whedon cut. Um, there, there's just so much to digest on in the Snyderverse. Are you guys excited potentially about him releasing the black and white version of this? And do you think it'll take away from the story? Um, at this point, I don't think it'll take away from the story. Um, because I think people will be able to dissect it differently. Um, but I'm excited for it just because I believe I'll get those alternate versions of the ending of the nightmare scene. Uh -huh. um, but just to piggyback, I wasn't mad that we didn't get in, that we didn't get more nightmare scenes. I understand that four hours, like Brian was saying, that's unless you're trying to make people sit here for a whole six hours, which is impossible unless you're Harry Potter. It just wasn't going to happen. So. I do wish that there was a way that if they shot them, we could get all like the extra scenes on like the DVD cut Blu-ray version. Um, but yeah. 
I feel like too, another cool thing about this version um, was the music was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Every song, whether it was- And it worked. It worked for every scene. Um, I'm just gonna put this out here and forgive me if this is inappropriate, but was anyone else curious as to what he was gonna do with that hot dog when he was saving Iris Russ, uh, the Flash? I've no. heard so many jokes about that. Somebody I was like, where is this scene going? Somebody said that he was gonna put the hot dog in her mouth. I thought that, but then I was like, that's kind of weird, Zach. Like, we're, <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> what's happening in this moment? Zach just said, fuck it, y'all gonna give me my version? I'm doing whatever I want. Like, and sorry for cursing. I'm like, uh oh, please stop. Um, I was like, that scene was funny. And then also, I, poor Aquaman, I just felt like his role in the movie for the most part was uh, to take his shirt off and, and like just jump in the water. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's Aquaman. They were like, you look good. You got the long hair, muscles, tattoos. Go look cute. Jump in the water. Do some fish shit. I was just doing. like, okay, but kudos to James Wan because I think what I did appreciate, um, and of course, the meat and bones of everything was there with what Zach created. But I think in the Aquaman movie, there was just something a little bit more developed that that was his first introduction as a solo character versus in the Snyder Cut. It's a good intro, but I'm just like, you, you're either like a model or like um, you're one of those guys that are on these uh, crime shows that, yeah. that are doing reenactments and that's you're just funny. posing. I I'm just- doing reenactments, you know, that's funny. <laughs> I felt like he was the one that I, I, I enjoy. And especially since he got the kill um, for uh, Steppenwolf, he put the Trident through Steppenwolf. I thought that that whole, his whole fight scenes at the end, it was just perfect for me. Um, I just wanted a little bit more depth from, Aquaman, but at the end of the day, what could you do? I, I think he gave, Zach gave everyone enough room to shine and for it to be taken seriously. But then uh, I was gonna say it wasn't, at that time he knew Aquaman was getting his own movie. So it's like, I don't really need to go too much in depth because he's gonna have his own movie where you could develop that character. But I just need to do enough to suffice him being in my movie now. And I think he did that. I think he gave you enough where clearly Aquaman, he's a superhero, but he's beefing with Atlantis because he has issues about how they treated his mom. But he's still strong enough to be like, all right, I got to help out because you know I don't want the world to end. Right. What about Mira? How did we feel about her versus the, the actual solo film? I mean, I, 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 came back. I didn't care about her, to be honest with you. I didn't even pay attention to her. Okay. Not even in the nightmare scene? That She just got me mad there because I was, I told you this. I was like, if Superman killed Aquaman, Aquaman's stronger than you. You're dead. Stop doing all this talking like you're tough. You're going to die in two seconds. Well, that's just, that was just. You know, when you're a, a, a hydro telekinetic type of person and you can do different things with water, maybe she feels like she can drown Superman. Yeah, no. But it was in the water around, though. It was literally desert. Aaron, first of all, you didn't have to do that just now. And, and... Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's one. Like, it's a desert. She's not getting water anywhere. And then two. It's Superman. Like I agree. I no, there there's I can't even pretend like she had a fighting chance. That's all I was saying. I was like, why are you talking tough? Like you'd be dead. You should be the one saying, Flash, go run back and stop this. But 
I also, I also, um, and then I'll get to what you guys didn't really care for. Um, Alfred was so shady in this movie. He has so many one-liners. Well, no, him and Wonder Woman, he's like, that's not how you do tea. Yeah, I was just like, wait, Alfred, be, be, be a little bit nicer. You, you know? know what I think it was? He was just like, he's used to always making the tea. So when like somebody started touching it, he's like, whoa, who's touching my stuff? My pots. No, no, that's not how we do this here. And Wonder Woman's like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, whatever. I've been around for millions of years. I know. Like, I'm a god. Like, leave me alone. Like, I'm a god. Back up. I also thought it was very interesting that they would... Uh, so the gauntlets that Wonder Woman have, how did Batman get the information about the gauntlets so that he could apply that to his armor? That was the other thing that wasn't, I just thought, I mean, it, it works and I'm glad, but he had only interacted with Diana during Batman v Superman and maybe her solo film, because clearly they were writing letters to each other or whatnot. So... That was the only thing for me. Well, how did he have time to examine the gauntlets unless she told him or or maybe I'm overthinking it? One, I think you're overthinking it. And two, he told you his superpower. I'm rich, so I got money. I'm able to find a way. And it's probably inferred because like how he saw the surveillance footage of all the other members of the Justice League. He probably could have saw some surveillance footage or old photos that could have probably led to him like, okay, this is how she does it if she didn't tell him. But it's probably in, inferred, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh -huh. This one was like, don't think too much into it because you'll give yourself a headache. Agree. Which is, you know, that was just the only thing where I was just like, huh. All right. But what what didn't you guys not like about the film? Let's let's do that. Uh, the the only thing there was only two things really. Even though I understand it, the Martian Manhunter scene when he goes checks on Lois, mm. I get why you did it. I just think there was a different way to do it, but I get it, so I'm not gonna be mad, I'll let you rock. Um, and then I did not like the version of Batman, because to me, Batman that I always love in the Justice League dynamic is when he's always the outsider. Like, right. I'm only here because like I have to be here, like there's no other way. Right. And he's always the smartest one in the room, and yet he still was to a degree, but I didn't like this guilt trip Batman was like, oh my God, I killed Superman. I need to make this team in his honor because we miss him. It's like, no, mistakes happen. You had a the, right to think of him as a threat. Just the only reason why it works for me in this scenario, and I thought Zach was brilliant, um, he had already lost Robin at this point, right? And it, it seems like it had just happened. At least that's the context of what I'm getting. And so to lose Superman um, and to know that you're responsible for him being in this scenario. Um, I, I mean. Lex Luthor did do this. Like, what am I doing? Like, I didn't you, kill him. I went back and watched Dawn of Justice, um, namely because I I love Snacks, Zack Snyder's uh, extended cut of that film. And I, I thought it was very brilliant um, and just good how Zack, set the, the the movie up to show that, you know, when Batman had an idea or a perception about something, um, he was so locked on killing Superman. It, yeah. yeah, that by the time he sees where this film opens up and you can see Batman seeing Superman sacrifice himself, it's just like, oh crap, not only am I a douche, but I need to make this right. Because had maybe if, I had done things a little bit differently. 
then even if Superman would have gotten stabbed, maybe I could have done, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have gotten to this point. You know what I mean? I, I, I understood what Zach, and I think that's one of the brilliant things about this movie is that Zach made a lot of original choices. Um, I do respect that. I mean, it really is his story and his vision for that world. Um, and I know I give Marvel crap at times, but what what they are doing better now that they didn't do better at the beginning is what Warner Brothers used to be known for, which is they, they are letting the directors take this story and make it their own. And I think Zach really had something epic um, in his toolbox that he really wanted to get out there. And I, I think because he didn't give us what was expected from Batman, you know, yeah. um, that made it unique. And I, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. I just think that I, I just think even though I understand what you're saying, there was still a way where you could have did it to where he still was the outsider, and like you could have made it an underlying theme that he feels bad for himself or like for what happened, but don't have to like kind of not force it in my face, but like shove it in my face to where like I see it. So like there was a way where he could have still been the, the snarky outsider. But still proving that, yes, I'm doing this because I feel guilty. Where like only Alfred knows, and obviously Wonder Woman because she's the last of truth and all that. But that I just think it was a different way. But also, I know I'm biased because there's a version of Batman that I love, so I know I'm I, I do. I do think with Donna Justice, one of the more troubling things was that Batman was so ruthless. Like, I mean, yeah. he was killing people left and right in that film, and. For a lot of people, so you know, it just it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I'm okay with it. I I you know sacrifices, but I do know that people are still holding on to this version of Batman where Batman doesn't kill. That is an iteration of the character, but that's not the only version that exists. And I think you know to appease fans in that way, he probably lightened it um, a little bit more. Um, Aaron, what didn't you like about the film? Um, so mine's a, again kind of nitpicky, but I'm kind of mad that Granny Goodness didn't have any speaking roles <laughs> because the way I got on to the Justice League was I watched the animated version when I was younger, yeah. and I remember hearing Granny Goodness' weird voice, and so <laughs> for her not to get any lines, and Desaad pretty much got all the li all the lines that I felt like they at least could have split with Granny Goodness. I wish. That I could hear Granny Goodness just talk a little bit. That was like one thing. The other thing, like I said, it's kind of minute, but I do not like Lex Luthor. I do not care oh, no, for Lex Luthor. Everybody hates that Lex Luthor. Huh? Everybody hates that Lex Luthor. Like Jesse yeah, just. Like but again, I think I think Zach was very intentional with his choices. And you can't put Gene Hackman. You can't mm -hmm. do that again. And Kevin Spacey, he just copied what the other version did. So you had to make him relevant. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I would have just put the Breaking Bad guy in there and called it a day. Uh, Walter White, that's what yeah. he, he would have been great. He would have been an awesome Lex, but I also yeah. understand that um, you have to get seats, people in the seats and- um, If you get Brian Cranston, that's putting people in the seats. Jesse ain't doing it. I mean, it didn't help Power Rangers. Nothing was helping Power Rangers. You shut your mouth. That movie was awesome. You know, I'll save that for another day. <laughs> <You sh> <laughs>
That movie was awesome. The only, com- well, all right. Yeah, that we're, was we're, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Um, <laughs> Actually, two. Play. No. So listen, <laughs> I don't want to hold you guys all night, but we have to talk about the fact that um, Warner Brothers has come out and said that this is it. We're not getting anything else from the Snyderverse. That's for, um, that's for now until other, other stuff starts bombing. And then like, oh my God, we need to save ourselves. Well, but you know what? I thought about this. First of all, I don't agree with the decision. But I also mm-hmm. know that historically, Warner Brothers, if you really look at the studio, they're the OGs when it comes to making superhero films. Um, whether it was Batman 1989, which changed the game, um, to uh, The Dark Knight, one you, of- You skipped Batman and Robin, you, you skipped that. The Dark Knight, um, those, those they, they in an essence have legacy, right? Um, so the whole idea of playing or creating films for the fans is new. Um, what I respect about Marvel and what I love about Marvel is Feige is a fan first. Um, and he has grown really as one of the greatest producers to emerge from the last uh, 10 years, really, if you think about it. Um, I think it's a dangerous thing to do right now uh, because the DCEU could easily become Star Wars. And if you piss off those fans or you know the, the core group of who's gonna be supporting these films, you're gonna have a Star Wars situation. So. That uh, that's my fear about it, but how do you guys feel just about the Snyderverse not continuing? It's sad. It makes me want to cry because that means I don't get the Joker and Batman just arguing with each other in nightmare versions and their own spinoffs. Um, but I do think it's just, I think it's just Warner Brothers having a big ego and not wanting to just realize we were kind of wrong about Zach. Let him do his thing, and then if that- you, and then if you still want to do your spinoff movies. Let Zack set it up with his multiverse stuff. Because if you let him do his sequels, you could go into your Black Supermans. You could go into your Supergirl that is a horrible like actress. But whatever. You know, let that rock. Um, yeah, I said it. You could watch your eyes. Um, so you could let him set up all your other movies. And with having a Justice League 2 and 3, it's going to reboot itself. Because if you go with what he was going to do, it was already going to reboot. So you could use that to do a different Green Lantern. So... But it's just just ego. You don't want to admit you was right. So you're like, no, I'm gonna show you fans. We're gonna make a good movie when you haven't made one since Christopher Nolan and Zach. So it's like Ugh. Aaron. Um, I concur. I think that um for one, they're just pretty much kind of like they know they're in the wrong because this version of the Justice League is so much better and they just kind of don't want to admit they're wrong because like, for instance, um, I was talking, I think I was talking to you about this, but I was looking at an interview and basically Zack Snyder said that they didn't even want Superman to have the black suit when he came back to right. They didn't have the mullet. They didn't want to have a beard at all. They and all of him- that is important to the Superman live storyline. It's just, I mean, say what you want about Marvel, but they at least give you something, you know, that says we see you fans. You know, we're gonna take choices, but we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna give you this. Yeah, this work with us, please, people. Yeah, and I just feel like like that alone, Aaron, is stupid because you can't tell this story. Now, granted, the suit didn't do everything it was supposed to do in the movie, but I'm willing to forgive that because you know we did never thought we would get the Snyder cut. 
But I just think if Warner Brothers is really gonna move forward, um, even if they do the whole, we're just making solo films in different multiverses, Walter Hamada really believes that he has the idea to make it work. We'll see, you know, he saved Warner Brothers horror division. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I have just ordered a lot of Marvel shirts and I have them on standby now um, because I'm tired. I, I can't, I can't keep pulling this truck along and convincing people that DC's um, the place to be right now. As far as animated movies, that's the place to be. It's the animated movies. Yeah, they do a really good job with the animated movies. I feel like Marvel is like they they're good in the middle because they're gonna give the fans what they want. We wanted Thanos. We wanted Infinity War. We wanted that, but they're also gonna be like you have to trust us on this journey. We're gonna take you all on. It may not necessarily be the character you want. Uh, granted, you may want the Fantastic Four. Granted, you want the X and all that stuff. But we're going to get there eventually. I feel like Warner Brothers is more of a business. It's more of just, we know that you as fans like this stuff, but we're going to put it out there. If we if, it, if you like it, okay. If you don't, it doesn't matter as long as we're making money off of it. And so to a degree, it's just kind of like, all right, um, <laughs> good, great job. But I mean, we... We don't really care, and so um, that's why sometimes that's why I think the main difference is between the two um, productions. Um, honestly, so do do you support the new stuff that's coming up, like, or do you I make a statement it. and and not not support all the new things that are happening? So for me, um, one thing I, I'm I'm not gonna lie about it. I am going to support. Um, Suicide Squad. The reason being is because James Gunn directing is directing Suicide Squad, and he's shown that he's done such a good job with the Guardians of the Galaxy that I believe he's going to replicate that same thing with the Suicide Squad. Now, like for me on certain stuff, I do have an issue with Warner Brothers, but I'm not going to act like when Black Adam comes out, I'm not going to go see it. It's, it's certain stuff like that to where it's just like I um. As a fan, because uh, honestly, my favorite superhero is Batman. I love the DC um, comics. So it's kind of hard for me at times to say, yeah, I'm not going to watch any of these films because um, I am interested. I, I do want to see where they go with it, even though sometimes it can be very frustrating at times. If it, like in these movies to where to me it was is kind of a letdown. Batman v Superman to me was a letdown. Justice League, the first one was a letdown. Now, there are, of course, extenuating circumstances, but um, as a fan, I'm always going to go into it with caution because the fact that a matter of what history tells me, but I'm just um, going at it from the perspective of if you let the directors put out their vision, it'll work out. I think it'll work out. And even if it doesn't, you can at least say the director can at least say they at least gave me a chance or opportunity to do what I wanted to do. So that's that's my main opinion. I will support the Flash because I think Grant Gustin did a great job, so that makes me want to watch the Flash movie. They uh, have nothing to do with each other, Cass. We're not doing this. They, Ezra Miller was in Crisis on Infinite Earth, so I might get Grant Gustin. And the way Ezra Miller is acting, oh, he's gonna be the Flash. oh god! But I don't like the Supergirl choice, but I'm still gonna support, like similar to what Aaron was saying. Like I'm still gonna watch because I'm a fan. Black Adam, I'm going to watch just because I want to see if The Rock can make me believe he's Black Adam. 
Of course, he's not going to make you believe he's Black Adam. He's going to be the that. Rock with the with with the suit on. See, you're well, saying also, that. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'll let I'll give you the chance. You see, that's what me and you differ. I'll give you the chance to wow me. And if you don't, then eh, you suck. But you give I'm me one give movie where The Rock has convinced you that he's someone else. I'm also a wrestling fan, so I have. There it him. is, right there. And also, I was going to say, um, if you guys have seen One Night in Miami, the guy. Yeah. The guy who played Jay, um, James um, Jim Brown, yeah. he's going to be playing Hawkman. I'm interested as to what he's going to look like as Hawkman. And so it's going to be a lot of characters. It's not just going to be necessarily Black Adam. It's going to be a lot of characters set in that time period that I'm in actually interested in seeing. I, my fear is that we've gotten this movie already. And you know what it was called? Mummy, Return of the Scorpion King. Remember uh, that? Funny. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just don't saying. Do it, don't do that. I, don't do that. I am open, but hey, let it give it the chance. Because what's the worst? It doesn't live up to it, and you just be like, "All right, whatever." I was already expecting that. So the rock, sand, you know, mysticism, magic. But hey, the rock is bigger now. He has more muscle, so it might be better. You know what I mean? Like that. Has, that's that's exactly what I want in a Black Adam movie. You said the mummy, <laughs> but I mean. On, a, on seriously though, I think the way Marvel build up the cachet because they gave you what you wanted with the Thanos and stuff, so you'll be giving them more of the benefit of the doubt going forward. Like with Phase yeah. Four, Five, and Six, you'll be more lenient to be like, "Eh, I saw what you were trying to do, so I'm that mad." Because you know the payoff will be worth it, and that's the thing where Warner Brothers has to get better with the payoff because it's all about the payoff, the payoff, and the follow-up. If you can well, get yeah, right, they need a they need a uh, they need a Feige. They do. They and need a Feige. They need someone. You should let Zach do that. Zach would have been perfect, and I think he he's proven it because the first Wonder Woman was beautiful, um, and of course, uh, his cut of Justice League was wonderful. Um, I I just again I don't know who else you're gonna find that's really gonna respect uh, just the characters across the board. Hell, if I'm Warner Brothers. I'll go knocking on Marvel's door. Hey, which one of you guys likes DC too? Wants to come on over here, buddy, and we'll let you be the Kevin Feige over here. It's business. You can find somebody. But the problem with that cast is that Warner Brothers, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, they're building a reputation amongst fans of how their properties are being handled, and it's getting to a point now where no matter who you have in that um, in that position, it, it's just going to be horrible. That's true. But hey. Guys, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Um, we made it through. I did not get as many Batman jokes as what I thought I was going to get from Cass. So. Nah, you know, just, it doesn't matter. George Clooney's still the best Batman. But, you know, like Michael Keaton, who? I'm like, what? <laughs> thank you guys for coming. <laughs>